Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. And I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! Um, so today is Friday. We've made it through a week already, and it is a beautiful sunny day with nice temperatures out here in beautiful Central Florida. And, um, you know, I'm noticing more and more people here because I'm noticing more and more people are leaving the state where I came from. And I wonder, I wonder often what it's going to be like there when the tax time comes and there's nobody there paying the high taxes or less people. Is it going to create huge uh, deficit budgets or what? what's going to happen there? I don't want to be there for that. You are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Wanted to share with anyone who's interested out there. Um, it takes a so, super uh, duper long time. Yeah. To boot it up. Um, and so I. Anyways, and now tonight I'm gonna not give you some information. Yay! A doctor. Um, which I forgot what it is. Right. You are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Yay! I guess we'll see what happens, right? So, um, yeah, so I'm out of California, and I have no regrets about it. I wish that certain people that I know in California would leave, but I can't control other people. All right. So today, um, first of all, on the restless leg syndrome, uh, I will let you know that I do think that sugar substitute and sugar is having an effect on the restless leg syndrome, but I'm not 100% sure exactly what to do 100% about it because I can't really give it up 100%. But it looks like if I, it looks like if as the day goes on, I eat less and less sugar, and that includes artificial sugars in sodas, uh, so that by the time I go to bed, I'm drinking only water and, um, and not taking any artificial sweeteners. I think it's going to help. But so far I'm on like day two or three. And I have had frustrating restless legs. But it's not. I mean at this point this is normal for me. This is what my normal night looks like. So um, just to put that out there. I do. I think that it can be controlled even further. Than I'm currently controlling it. with Due to sugar. But I just don't know if I'm capable of making that change right now. And the level of discomfort that I'm living with is not so horrible that uh, that I can't get through. And so, you know, right now I'm dealing with the death of my father. My father died two days ago, three days ago. And uh, at this point, you know, I'm not really, every now and again, I'm having like flashback memories of my father during my childhood and during times when I've seen him and visited him. I'm having like a lot of like flash memories. For the most part, I'm still in the anger phase of the anger uh, of the five stages of grief, and the anger is really directed quite heavily at my brother. And uh, I just, I really feel like um, I feel like the thing that they did to me, my brothers and my family, was so. It, it's not that they hurt me, although I feel hurt. Okay, it's not that. That's not the thing. The thing is that I recognize that they are very sick people. And out of my family, okay, we all have pretty much the same 
our mental illness, quote unquote, it all sort of manifests the same way. My mom has a, like a set of behaviors. My father had a set of behaviors. My brothers and me manifest those same sort of dysfunctional behaviors. Call it mental illness. Call it whatever you want. You know, in my little brother and my older brother, there's addiction. I had addiction. My mom has forms of addiction in a different way. And, and my father had his own like sort of very meticulous quirks. I would personally say the mental illnessy stuff that I would consider more mental illness qualify would be coming from my mom's side. But my dad, I think, had chronic depression. But anyways, um, just to put it together there for you, the, the remaining members of my family, my two brothers and my mother, when I get around them, it's a very noticeable that they are in a, a kind of a sickness. I was in it too when I was around them. But I am the one who is currently seeking and obtaining help to break the cycle. I'm the one. And I don't think that just because my father died and I'm experiencing these feelings, I, I still don't think it's good for me to go back and immerse myself around unhealthy people. And during the COVID peak epidemic period, I was shown very clearly the type of people and the type of sickness that the people around me had. And I, I've been getting help for mine. And I, I feel like I'm making progress. And I just don't want to immerse myself around people that are not getting help for their sickness. You know? And frankly, I don't want to be around other people who are sick who are getting help for their sickness. I don't need to be around sick people. Um, but given that I am a person who's dealing with mental illness, I don't expect anyone to be any better than me. I mean, I don't expect to be better than anyone else. And so, um, you know, I would be as compassionate with somebody who's got mental illness as I would want somebody to be with me. But I don't have to immerse myself in it and put myself in a position where I feel abused. And I won't go into the details of the recurring abuse, but I'll put it this way. When a person says, don't contact me anymore, and then you reach out and contact them, you are violating their request. Okay, so if I say to you, please don't contact me anymore, I'm putting out a request, do not contact me. If you contact me after I ask you not to, you are violating my request of you to not contact me. Therefore, you are disrespecting whatever, for whatever reason I don't want you to contact me, you have violated my the respect that I deserve from you. I, the, the least minimum thing you could do for me is respect a simple request. You know what I mean? A simple request. Don't call me. And by calling me or texting me or emailing me, you're violating that. And you are insulting me because you are disrespecting the request. All I asked is don't contact me. So by contacting me, you are disrespecting me and, and making me angry. And so that's really a violation. 
And whatever happens after that contact is kind of irrelevant because the baseline is you contacted me after I said, don't contact me. You know, the content of the contact is even worse because now you've contacted me and you've told me in your contact that you're letting me know that dad died. You're letting me know that you know that I already know. And you're letting me know that you've already told everyone in our family before sending me an email. So not only are you disrespecting me by contacting me when I've said not to contact me, but now you're telling me that I was the last person you contacted after you've told every single other person in the family, thereby denying me the chance of talking to family members about it. You are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. I mean, who do you think you are? This is my father too. And then to make matters even more insulting, I was graciously invited to attend the funeral and I was condescendingly told, oh, I know you love dad too. Too. As if, what, I'm some sort of distant person? You know, that that father, my father, is as much my father as my brother's father. And so him acting like my dad is only his dad is really insulting. But I can't, you know, like I have to deal with my own relationship with my father. My brother can be however, he's, a, he's just how he is. And I don't, after the funeral, ever have to see him or hear from him again. And so I'll be looking forward to that. And, you know, the thing is, the more, now that I see, here's the real baseline. And I want to be about the details, okay? The baseline is now that I see clearly who you are, I can very clearly make an informed decision that you are not a person that I want around me at all. And the more that you show up now that I see you, the more that I dislike what I see you know what I'm saying like you have shown me that you don't respect me you think I'm stupid you don't think I'm even you don't even think that my father is my father as much as he's your father based on the tone of your email that you graciously invited me to attend the funeral like You've told me about my father dying after you've already contacted every single other person in the family. What makes you think I haven't already done all that? What makes you think I didn't already know when I woke up in the morning? What makes you think I didn't already call the, co- the cousins and tell them? You know, he's my dad as much as he's your dad. So now that I know, see, I don't want to be totally negative. I don't think it's productive. But now that I know, now that I see clearly that these are the type of people that were in my family, I realize that I am perfectly right that I am not with them and near them and around them. And the more that I'm away from them, and it's hard, okay? It's very hard because I was in a cycle of abuse and I'm breaking a cycle right now. And that cycle included addiction and it included all kinds of codependency and all kinds of like, you know, a cycle of abuse behavior. It was really nasty. And I am the one who is not sick. I was convinced that I was the sick one. Now I'm convinced that I'm the one, I'm probably sick, yeah, but I'm the one who's getting help. 
out of all of them. None of those people will admit that they even have any part of the problem whatsoever. And since I can't, since they will not want to cooperate on my level, I will move past them. And so the, on the positive, what I want to do that's positive is, you know, I want to put out there, I'm living alone. I'm all alone. I'm in a new city. I am meeting new people, okay? But I'm meeting new people in a very sort of arm's length, sort of cautious way. And so I do spend a significant time alone just thinking about stuff. But when I feel lonely, the first thing I do is I get reminded that there are millions of people out there who live alone all the time that have less advantages and less friends and less personality and less whatever charm or whatever it is that I have. They have less creativity and less ability to, to figure out a way. There's people far more in dire position than I am, even though I feel like I'm all alone. So that's thing one. The next thing is I remember that God is with me. And when I have God with me, I'm not ever alone. I'm Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. And God has brought me to Florida. I didn't just, you know, up one day, I'm going to go to Florida. I'm not some total lunatic. I got up, and I was being given very strong messages from God. And how do I know when the message I'm getting is a message from God? It's very easy because... I know the type of thoughts that I normally have, okay? And when I get a thought that comes that's not one of my ideas, but it seems like it could have been one of my ideas, but it wasn't one of my ideas, then I know that that idea came from God. So it's kind of like it sounds like, it sounds like it came from me, but I know that it's too good of an idea and too original of an idea and too out of the box of an idea for me to have thought of it. And so I know that the, the I mean, it maybe like formulates in my own brain, but the spark that sparks it comes from God. And so when I was in my very lowest point, during the COVID quote-unquote crisis in San Diego during the lockdown. And I was fighting with my mother and I was living in a very abusive situation. And I was very at my wit's end. And I got this like spark of an idea that said, I got to get out of here. And then I kept hearing very positive things about Florida. And I kept asking like one thing I learned a long time ago is stay in the question. Stay in the question. If you have the answer, it's not a good answer. If you have a question and you stay constantly in the question, then the answers will come, but they will come in a way that's, mm, I don't know how to really describe it. As, I don't want to say not definite because it's definite, but it comes more in a humble sort of a let's try that idea kind of a way more than a this is what I'm I'm right all the time kind of a way and so by staying in the question I don't know another way to describe it you're going to have to like 
you're going to have to hear my words and then you're going to have to like absorb the thought, okay? So to me, it's like if I stay in the question, what should I do? What a, where should I go? How am I going to, what should I do next? How, how am I going to be happy all alone? And if I stay in the question, what do I do next? What do I do next? What do I do next? And I get an answer. Go to Florida. So I do the one next thing. And then I go, What's the, what do I do now? I'm here. And then the thing was, do the next thing. And so just staying, if I was like, I'm going to go to Florida, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, all those plans could crumble. But if I say, I'm going to go to Florida and I don't really know, and I'm going to follow whatever, I'm going to be open to being out of the box. And you stay in the question and stay in a place of humility, be humble, don't know the answer. I mean, one of, the favorite, one of my favorite things that I say all the time is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't have an answer. A lot of times people come to me and they tell me something, blah, 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 blah. And then they look at me with a dumb face. And I go to them, I don't really have an answer for you. And then they'll look at me and go, oh, I didn't really want an answer. I'd be like, okay, good, because I don't have one. And so I find that by just knowing that I don't know the answers, it opens me up to being available to getting answers, okay? But the people that I know that think they know all the answers are really, really hideous, abusive, hard-to-be-around people. And I don't want to mention any names, but the aforementioned names earlier mentioned in the podcast are in the category of that. So on a positive thing, what do I do now? Okay, so I'm here all alone. My father died. I have to deal with him. I, I, none of, nobody in my family has called me since Tuesday. I mean, you would think that my mother would call me. Hey, how you doing? No, they don't care. So in my opinion, rather than be, you know, nasty and embittered, there's no, they, these people are sick people. And I am a person who's getting well. So in my opinion, the thing that I would like to do is to just move on, you know, and realize that they're showing me, okay, every time, every day that goes on, these people that I left behind are showing me that I was right to leave them behind. They're not giving me doubt, okay? They're not, they're not showing up now and making me doubt my decision to leave. They're not showing up in a sympathetic way where I go, oh my God, maybe I was wrong about them. They're not. They're showing up even more how they were the way that made me leave them. And so all that's doing is I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger as a person, stronger in my, I am, as I, okay, it's taken, it's been a year since I've been in Florida, but it's taking a little while. But here's what I think. It's taking a little while, but I think that every day that I'm in Florida, I'm getting better and better and better, and good things are coming my way, and I'm starting to see them. I'm starting to, you, you know, okay, good things come your way all the time, combined too, but if you're not available to see it when it comes, it's like a tree falling in the forest. It makes a sound, but you can't hear it, so um, it's kind of like that, and so I think that I'm I'm being open to new positive experiences. I think now that my father has died, 
And once we have the funeral and I can not have to be in the past anymore, I think it's just really good to move forward. I really do. And so this is my, like, you know, I'm in grief. I'm having, okay, the five stages of grief are definitely happening to me. And I have been made aware that I should just keep my schedule available to be altered at any time. And, um, you know, when I get these negative, nasty thoughts about people in my family, I remind myself that I'm the one who's getting better. And all they're doing is they're showing me that I was right to leave. That's all they're doing. You know, when you call, when I tell you don't call me and then you call me, you're just proving to me that I don't want you to call. You know what I'm saying? And so hopefully today, I mean, it's been a rough morning already. And um, only because, I, you know, I know that it's part of the five stages of grief. And I know that it's going to exacerbate whatever feelings I currently have. But the feeling I currently have is anger. I have anger towards my specifically older brother. And I feel this just heavy condens. I feel like he's just so condescending to me. He treated me like I was stupid. And now he acts like my father was only his father and not my father too. And it just, he makes me want to vomit. And so rather than be about like, I, you know, okay, I have permission to feel the way I feel and understand the way I feel. And on the other hand, I'm not acting on it in any way. You know, I'm just going to go. I, I think that it's okay. My brother can be how he is. He's not going to change. But I can control the actions that I take and what I do. And what I'm going to do today are things that make me feel good about myself. And so, and my father, by the way, would only encourage that. He would, I, my father, okay. First of all, he treated each of us like we were his only son. So I can understand where my brother's coming from. Second of all, he would tell me, if your brother's being an asshole, just ignore him and move on. Don't let him ruin your day. And so I'm not going to let him. My father would be totally about strengthening me. He would not be about like encouraging a fight between us. He would be, and he would not be like playing against one against the other either. He would want me as myself, an individual, to learn how to deal with my feelings as an individual and not be about what my, he'd be like, okay, that your brother is whatever he's, you can't control him. You have to be about yourself. And my father would totally encourage that. And I'm aware of that. And so um, I'm going to probably go to the gym and then go to the beach, enjoy Florida. And I will check in with you again tomorrow. All right, I don't know. My podcasts lately are rambling, but you're going to have to bear with me. I just had a very major loss in the family. I'm going through a lot. So, you know, I'm sharing it with you live as I'm going through it. And so in my, my, I'm not like just trying to like be like on air whining person. What I really hope is that if somebody's out there, you know, who's going through similar types of problems, that maybe you're like, uh, you know, getting a little bit of like, oh, wow, somebody else too. Or this is how Dave deals with it. Or like, wow, like his ideas are really stupid, but he's got ideas. I don't know what you're thinking. But my, I don't want to just be talking to a microphone for the sake of talking to a microphone. And based on my listenership, there are people listening. So hopefully, you know, hopefully the subject matter it appeals to you. If not, you pass it on to somebody it appeals to. And um, 
you know, hopefully tomorrow you will get back to a topic that's more universal. All right. But right now the topic is grief. What can I do? Okay. Thank you and have a good day. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed in the Dave Fremlin Show are strictly opinions. I am not an expert. The Dave Fremlin Show is written, directed, and produced by Dave Fremlin and is a Dave Fremlin production. Thank you for listening.